All right, gracious be to our loving Father that we are gathered once again to study his words and his commandments. The topic of our studies today is FYM and Sabbath. Take note, it's part one, so this probably will be a three-part series, but let's go ahead and look into the genesis of how this all came about. There was a viewer who sent us the following message, I just want to pass this post to you and see if there is any sense in his explanation. It's up to you. Uh, if this will help us understand more about the Sabbath. It's quite lengthy, but very interesting to impart to all of us. Thank you, Paul. So one of our viewers uh, received a message. I guess they were into some kind of discussion um, over the topic of the Sabbath and Brother Felix Y. Manalo. And so a list of questions and also um, some comments uh, worthy of observation and explanation is at hand. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of his comments and questions However, it's in Filipino, so we have to translate in English. This is uh, a portion of it. Like uh, what was mentioned, it's quite lengthy. This is why we cannot possibly discuss all of it today. Sa panahon ng mga hari, mga propeta pagkatapos ni Moses, mayroon ng mga lingkod ng Diyos na nangauna sa kanila. Kailan nagpasimula ang pangingilin ng Sabbath ay kautusan ng Diyos. Nagsimula, nagsimula lamang ang kautas, kautusan na iyon noong ilabas ng Diyos ang mga Israelita sa pagkaalipin. Noon, noong ang Diyos ay makipagtipan sa mga Israelita sa bundok ng Sayanan. Ano ang katunayan noon? Ang Israelita ay hindi pinangimilin ang ikapitong araw noong sila ay nasa Egypto. Bago sila naging alipin ng mga paraon ng Egypto, kailanman ay hindi ipinagutos ng mga ninuno ng mga Israelita na sina Abraham at Jose ang pangingilin ng ikapitong araw. Ginamit ninyo ang mga ginagamit ng sabadista na mga talata upang patunayan ninyo na sa panahon ng mga magulang ay ipinagutos sa kanila ang pangingilin ng ikapitong araw. Noong sinabi ng Diyos sa Genesis 2.1-3 na sa ikapitong araw ay nagpahinga siya ng paggawa at ito ay kanyang pinangilin, walang sinabi na ang mga susunod na ikalimang araw o ikapitong araw ay dapat ipangilin ni Naeba at Adan. So in English, if I translated it correctly, I read it in Filipino so that you can get any mistranslations if there are any. In English, this is what I came up with. Uh, during the days of the kings, prophets after Moses, there were already servants of God leading them. When did the observance of Sabbath begin as a law of God? Those laws were only in effect after God brought Israel out of slavery when God established his covenant with Israel on Mount Zion. No problems there, we agree. Uh, what is the proof of this? The Israelites had not observed uh, the seventh day while they were in Egypt because they became slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. The patriarchs Abraham and Joseph never commanded the observance of the seventh day. You use the verses that Seventh-day Adventists use to prove that during the days of the patriarchs, it was commanded that the seventh day uh, should be observed. When God said in Genesis 2, 1 to 3, that on the seventh day he rested and that he made it a holy day, it does not mention that the, that the subsequent seventh days uh, must be observed by Adam and Eve. So that's the English translation. And the question uh, or the comment centers around whether or not the people of God prior to Moses giving the laws and the commandments 
on Mount Sinai, the time when Yahuwah Abba made a covenant with the people of Israel through Moses, the question is, before that event, uh, did the people of God observe Sabbath? Now, we did not explicitly say that before that event, it was a command according to the law that the people of God observe Sabbath. Um, but I just wanted to point out that there's a certain bias, uh, the, question, the person asking the question or making the comment, because he mentions the Seventh-day Adventists, that we use the verses the Seventh-day Adventists use. So when, when we came up with the preaching protocol, the preaching of the message concerning the Sabbath, we did not turn to the Seventh-day Adventists. We turned to the scriptures. If the Adventists happened to use the verses and the scriptures we turned to, well, good for them. Um, so our point is, it doesn't matter who uses the verse. If Jehovah's Witnesses use the verse, Seventh-day Adventists use the verse, INC use the verse, it doesn't matter. What's important is not who uses it. What's important is if it's a biblical passage, right? We hold on to the verse itself. And so according to the Holy Scriptures, is it true that even before the Sinai event, the people of God observed Sabbath? I believe it was, it's not explicit in Scripture. However, a case can be made that even before Mount Sinai, Sabbath was observed. Why do we believe this? The book of Exodus 28 to 11, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahuwah your God. On it you shall, do no, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days, Yahuwah made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, Yahuwah blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. What we read to you is part of the Ten Commandments. This was given on Mount Sinai, right? And so at this point, the laws of Yahuwah Abba were codified. And so what it means what it means to be codified is it becomes part of the written law as a basis of a covenant. And this is why the tablets were given. It was like a covenant was made and both parties agreed to the covenant. And so prior to this event, the laws were not yet codified. And the codified law of Yahuwah Abba included, of course, the Ten Commandments, one of which is the Sabbath. What does Moses do? What does Yahuwah, Abba, through Moses do? In the command to remember the Sabbath, he connects it to what uh, he did long, long ago at the time of creation. This is why the Bible says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The law concerning the Sabbath was given as a codified law there on Mount Sinai. However, even before Mount Sinai and the event that took place there, what was already, already determined by Yahuwah Abba, Genesis 2, 1 to 3, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Take note, what I read to you was about the creation event. At this point, Moses did not yet exist. Abraham did not yet exist. Noah 
did not yet exist, who was the only one who existed at this point, Adam and Eve, right? And then what did Yahuwah Abba declare? He said, the seventh day is holy. He made it a day of rest. And so this was done even before the giving of the laws in Sinai. So there's a, a, a great possibility, I'm not saying explicitly, I'm not saying, um, you know, it, there's, there's a biblical passage in the Old Testament that tell us specifically and explicitly the people of God were commanded to observe the Sabbath. But this shows us even before Mount Sinai, the Sabbath day was holy and therefore special to who? Yahuwah Abba. This was before Mount Sinai. So there's a possibility. The laws that were codified during the days of Sinai, Mount Sinai, they were already being taught by Yahuwah Abba to his people even before then, including the Sabbath. What's one clue that we have for this? Genesis 8.20, then Noah built an altar to Yahuwah and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar, building the altar offering animals as a burnt offering, knowing the difference between clean and unclean that is to be used to offer to Yahuwah sacrifices. Where did that come from? Did that not come from the days of Moses when it was given on Mount Sinai? But we are talking about Noah here. How did Noah know and understand the difference between clean and unclean animals and birds? If Yahuwah Abba did not tell him. So even before the law was codified in Mount Sinai, it was already being practiced by his chosen people, like in this case, Noah. And so if this was true concerning the altar and burnt offerings, it is also true, I believe, concerning the Sabbath. Because even before Noah was born, Yahuwah made it clear the Sabbath day is what kind of day? It is a holy day. And so Yahuwah decides what should be done on his holy day. Because the Sabbath uh, was determined and created by Yahuwah Allahim. Now, what other evidences do we have that even before Sinai, uh, Yahuwah valued the Sabbath day? Let's read the book of Exodus 5, 4 to 5. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. You know, when Moses went to meet with Yahuwah, and Yahuwah uh, explained to him what he needs to do to let his people go, when he went back to speak to the Pharaoh about what Yahuwah said, Yahuwah, uh, Moses and Aaron, they did something that kind of got the people of Israel in trouble, right? What did they do? They made them rest from their labor. What does that sound like? Doesn't that sound like Sabbath? And when you look at the Hebrew word for rest that was used there, it mentions Sabbat, S-A-B-A-T, the Hebrew word, which means to cease, this is to rest and to keep or observe the Sabbath, the second definition. And so when you look at the passage, it's possible. That when Yahuwah sent Moses to liberate Israel, Yahuwah wanted to remind them of their heritage 
that even before they came to Egypt, it was the practice of the people of God to observe rest on the Sabbath. What else? The book of Exodus 16.23. Take note. The people of God, they were not yet in Mount Sinai. They did not yet receive uh, the covenant and the commandments and the laws. Exodus 16.23. He said to them, this is what Yahuwah commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to Yahuwah. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. And so even before they went to Sinai to receive the tablets, what did Yahuwah say? The Bible says tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath. And so even before Mount Sinai, Yahuwah was already reminding the people of Israel about the holiness of Sabbath. Because now they have no more excuse. Why? Because they're not slaves of Egypt anymore. It's understood while they were under the slavery or the yoke of Pharaoh, they could not practice Sabbath. But now they have been set free. What can they now freely do? Restore the practice of Sabbath. So it's likely that even before their captivity in Egypt, the people of Israel were practicing Sabbath or the people of God were practicing Sabbath. But notice what happened uh, when this command was given. Uh, 27 to 23. Now, what happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And so they broke Sabbath already, right? And Yahuwah said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for Yahuwah has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And so when they broke Sabbath, because they went out to gather the manna, right? What did Yahuwah say? He said, how long do you refuse to keep my commands and my laws? And so for Yahuwah to say something like that implies that for a long time, they were not observing the Sabbath. Right. And so this again tells us even before the giving of the laws, the people of God were practicing the Sabbath. They were observing the Sabbath rest. But let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, because the whole point is not whether or not when you think about it. Right. When you think, when you think about the application for our day today, today, it doesn't really matter if the Sabbath was observed before Moses. What matters, I think, right, is what is required of us today, right? Because even if Sabbath was not observed prior to Mount Sinai, well, how about during our time, during the so-called Christian era? What does Yahusha tell us in Matthew 5, 17 to 19? Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them i tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear not the smallest letter not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teach others teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven so what is expected of us we who follow Mashiach, we who follow Yahushua. The Bible says Yahushua came not to abolish, but to fulfill. 
So he's not going to destroy the Ten Commandments. He will uplift the Ten Commandments. This is why in Matthew chapter 5, if you keep reading the passages, Yahusha gave us examples of how to properly obey the commandments concerning adultery, for example, right? Concerning stealing, for example. He gave us examples because he tells us he did not come here to destroy, but to fulfill and to fulfill it in a better way as empowered by the spirit of Yahuwah Abba. So what does Yahuwah expect from us during this time as we follow Yahusha that we will not abolish, but we will fulfill the commands? Question, the command to remember and to observe the Sabbath day as a holy day, is that part of the Ten Commandments? Yes. And so what does Yahuwah and Yahusha expect from us? That we will obey them and practice them. And it also says that we will teach, that we will teach these commands. So we practice it and we teach it. And we practice what we teach, including the Ten Commandments and the Sabbath. And so what is important is what is expected from us today. Before the time of Moses, it doesn't apply to us. So why even entertain any speculation, right? What matters is now, what does Yahushua want? Obey the Ten Commandments. Obey the laws given to Moses during that time in Sinai. But of all the commandments, what is one special command to Yahushua? The book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 8, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Yahusha did not abolish the Sabbath. He restored the Sabbath. And he's telling us now he is Lord of the Sabbath. He did not say he's Lord against the Sabbath. He is Lord of the Sabbath. In other translations of the Greek, he is Lord for the Sabbath. So he's not abolishing the Sabbath. He's restoring the Sabbath. In other words, he's not only teaching us to observe the Sabbath, He's telling us to observe the Sabbath the way he wants us to observe the Sabbath. And so we must continue to do what Yahusha tells us to do. And even during the days of tribulation, the end times, what does Yahusha expect from his followers? And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. So even during the end times, what is the expectation of our King Yahushua? That his people, his followers still recognize what? The Sabbath. Otherwise, why would he say, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath? This tells us even during this time, Yahushua wants us. To preserve the Sabbath, to uphold the Sabbath and to make it holy. And even after Yahushua returns and he establishes his kingdom here on earth, what does he want each one of us to do? Isaiah 66, 23, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to, to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says Yahuwah. And so the expectation of our Mashiach, from the time that he from the time that he gave the command that he is the lord of the sabbath we have to follow we have to follow even during the days of the millennial kingdom he institutes the sabbath that we must observe 
It is a holy day, and we are together together to worship Yahuwah Abba. Okay? All right, let's go to another question. Uh, his next question is, Ano lamang ang ibig sabihin na ang Diyos ay nagpahinga? Siya ba ay kaya nagpahinga ay sapagkat gaya ng tao na kailangang magpahinga dahil napapagod? Isaiah 40, 28, hindi mo baga naalaman, hindi mo baga narinig ang walang hanggang Diyos, ang Panginoon, ang may lalang ng mga wakas ng lupa, hindi na nalata o napapagod man, walang makatarok ng kanyang unawa. Ang Diyos ay hindi nanlalata o napapagod man. Kaya noong inusig ang buktong na anak ng Diyos tungkol din sa Sabbath, ano ang isinagot ng Kristo ng tagapagligtas? 1.5.17, datapot sinagot sila ni Jesus, Hanggang ngayon, gumagawa ang aking ama at ako'y gumagawa. Let's go ahead and translate that in English. What does it mean that God rested? Did he rest because like man, he needs rest because he gets tired? And then he quotes Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, Yahuwah, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. This is why the only begotten Son of God was persecuted because of the Sabbath. What was the answer of Christ the Savior? John 5, 17. But Yahusha answered them, My Father has been working until now, and I have been working. So he is um, looking into what it means that Yahuwah rested to try and maybe convince us that we don't really need to rest on Sabbath day. I don't really understand the point of Isaiah 40, 28, but let's go ahead and entertain his thought nonetheless. And so why did Yahuwah have to rest on the seventh day? Is it because he got tired? Like human beings get tired? We know Isaiah 40, 28 to be true. We don't deny that. He does not get tired. He's Yahuwah. So what does it mean that Yahuwah rested? Genesis 2, 1 to 3. And let's, let's read verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that, that he had done. And so the Bible says he rested. What is this rest that Yahuwah did? Does it mean he rested because he got tired? Let's, let's look at the Hebrew word that was used. This is the passage in question. The Hebrew word is Hebrew 7673, Sabbat. Notice its association with Sabbath. And what does it mean? It means to cease, to desist. And so Yahuwah rested on the seventh day, not because he got tired. He rested, meaning he stopped. Right? You see that? And so the translation is on the seventh day, he stopped. He stopped doing something. What was that? What did he stop? He rested. He ceased from the work of creating that he has done because from day one to day six what did he do he created right created out of nothing after six days he no longer created he stopped from creating and so that's what it means it doesn't mean he got tired so he had to rest for a while no he ceased from working on the work of creating the universe it was completely finished on the sixth day and the seventh day, he declared it what? Holy, holy, set apart for him. However, does it mean that because Yahuwah um, stopped creating, stopped working, and he did not really rest in a sense, 
does it mean that we are no longer required to rest? What kind of rest is it? Will God want us to observe that he connects with his work of creation and resting on the seventh day? Exodus 28 to 11, the Bible says, in it you shall do no work. What's the Hebrew word for that? It is malakah, Hebrew 4399, which means occupation, work, or business. And so for us to observe uh, the Sabbath day according to the law of Yahuwah Abba on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath day, we are to observe it as a holy day by not working in terms of having an occupation or business. Instead, we are to worship Yahuwah Abba because the word when we say we do not we, we rest, it doesn't mean we don't do anything. It's not a passive kind of rest. It's a kind of rest where we focus on Yahuwah Alahim, and it's a day of worship and gathering and enjoying uh, the, the things that Yahuwah Abba has created for us so that we can celebrate his love and his goodness. It's meant for us. The Sabbath was meant for our rejuvenation. And so the seventh day, we are to rest and we are to find pleasure in Yahuwah Alahim. And the other part of his question, uh, that is why the only begotten son of God was persecuted because of the Sabbath. And what was the answer of Christ, the Savior? And so he's, he's saying that Yahushua was persecuted because he broke the Sabbath. However, when you read the passage, did he break the Sabbath? This is similar to the minister who criticized the observance of the Sabbath, right? And so when he was persecuted here, why was he being persecuted? Let's read John 5, 17. But Yahusha answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. So the question is, if Yahusha and Yahuwah, they're working even on the Sabbath, well, does that mean that he abolished the Sabbath? Well, what working is he referring to here? We got to get the context. Does it mean that they're abolishing the Sabbath here in John 15? Uh, 16 down to 18, we get the context. We read the verse below it and the verse above it. But, uh, 5, 16, 18, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Yahushua and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Yahushua answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. And so these Pharisees were persecuting Yahushua on two, for two reasons. Number one, they're claiming that he broke the Sabbath. Number two, they're claiming he's making himself equal with who? God. Is that what Yahushua is doing? No, the Pharisees misunderstood him. The Pharisees could not understand him. This is why when we look at the passage, we must also examine why they think they, that Yahushua broke the Sabbath. Why did the Pharisees believe that Yahushua broke the Sabbath? Because he had done things on the Sabbath. And after he was being accused, Yahushua, of breaking the Sabbath because of what he did on the Sabbath, what did Yahushua answer? He said, my father has been working until now. And I have been working. What are they working on? What is it connected to? 
it's connected to what Yahushua did because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Well, what was that? What did Yahushua do on the Sabbath that he associates as permissible work on a Sabbath day? Let's read 5, 5 to 10. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity uh, 38 years when Yahushua saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, uh, do you want uh, to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the, waters, when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another, another steps down before me. Yahushua said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Remember the, the Pharisees and the Jews, they came up with their leaven, right? They came up with man-made doctrines about what you can do and what you cannot do on the Sabbath. What is one of them? You cannot carry your bed. What else? You cannot heal. And so when Yahushua healed on the Sabbath day, what did he accuse him of? Breaking the Sabbath. What was the answer of Yahushua? The father and I have been working until this time. What was that? What does that mean? What is the father and Yahushua? What are they working on until this time? And is it true that it's unlawful to heal on the Sabbath? Luke 6, 7 to 9, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Yahushua. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. They wanted to trap him. Right? They want to catch him red-handed healing on the Sabbath because to them, you cannot heal on the Sabbath. But Yahushua knew what they were thinking and said to the man with a shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Yahushua said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And so Yahushua, when it comes to healing on the Sabbath, according to the law, okay, according to the law, is it good to heal on the Sabbath? According to the Pharisees, it is wrong. But according to, the, to Yahushua, is it good to heal on the Sabbath? Well, he asked the question, which is lawful on the Sabbath? And so according to the law, what are we allowed to do? According to Yahushua, based on his rhetorical question, what is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? When you heal someone, what are you doing? You're doing good, aren't you? When you heal someone, what are you doing? You're saving life, aren't you? Is that lawful according to the Sabbath laws? Yes. According Torah to Torah, yes. According to the Pharisees and their leaven, no. And so what is Yahushua doing here? He's restoring. He's restoring Sabbath, right? So not only did he teach Sabbath, not only did he observe Sabbath, he restored Sabbath. This is why he's telling us on the day of Sabbath, it is permissible to heal someone who is sick. Why? What is what should one do? What is permissible to do on the day of Sabbath? Matthew 12, 9 and 12. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. And a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to accuse Yahushua. They asked him, 
is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. At no point did Yahusha demolish or abolish Sabbath. What he did again and again and again is to show the Pharisees how to lawfully, right? Lawfully observe the Sabbath. When he said, therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath, did he break Sabbath? No, he restored Sabbath. He told the Pharisees what you can do on Sabbath, what you should do on Sabbath, which is to do good. This is why it's not true that when you observe Sabbath rest, or you're just going to lie in your bed doing nothing. No, the Bible says the purpose of Sabbath is to do good and to glorify Abba. This is why Yahushua HaMashiach said, right, up until now, my father and I are working. You see, after Adam and Eve committed sin, do you know what Yahuwah is working on? His work of salvation, completing the work of redemption. And who's working together with him? Yahusha. Yahuwah and Yahusha are working to carry out the work of salvation. Is that good work? Yeah. Is that permissible during Sabbath? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, this work that Yahuwah and Yahusha are working on is for who? Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so God works out his plan of salvation up until today through our king, Yahushua. And until when will he keep working? In Philippians, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So in Yahuwah's work, he not only initiates the work of our salvation, he continues the work of salvation, and he begins his work until completion until the day of Christ. This is why Yahushua said, up until now, the Father and I are working. What are they working on? Our salvation, our redemption. And so we have to cooperate with the work of Yahuwah and Yahushua. And this means obeying the commands of Yahuwah Abba. That's our part. What's included? Sabbath and observing the Sabbath on the seventh day. Okay. All right, let's go to uh, one more question. Uh, sa mga ibinahagi mo ng mga talata na kinopya ninyo sa sabadista upang patunayan ninyo na ang sabat ay hindi uh, nawawala sa kautusan, na dapat ito ay ipinag-utos din sa, sa atin ng ka Felix Manalo, lumalabas na nagkamali nga ang ka Felix Manalo sa assumption ninyo. Yan ay tahasang hindi pagkilala sa sinugo ng Diyos at ng Panginoong Heso Kristo. One sa East Pentinwebe, sumagot si Yahusha at sa kanilay sinabi, ito ang gawa ng Diyos na inyong sampalatayanan, yaong kanyang sinugo. And so in, in English, from the verses that you shared, which came from the Seventh-day Adventists that you copied, that, seven, uh, that the Sabbath was never abolished from the law, 
and that Kafelix should have also enforced it. It is implied that Kafelix Manala committed an error based on your assumption. This is a blatant rejection of the messenger of God and the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. John 6, 29, Jesus, uh, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. First, I want to address uh, the part where he says that we copy this from the Seventh-day Adventists. Like what we said, we never turn to the Adventists. Where do we turn to? Scripture. If the Adventists agree with Scripture, good for them, right? We're not endorsing Adventism. We're not endorsing the Seventh-day Adventists. We are endorsing Scripture. We are preaching Scripture. And so we did not go to the Seventh-day Adventists and say, teach us what we need to teach. No, right? However, having said that, uh, Brother Felix Manalo, did you know that Brother Felix Manalo used and preached the Adventist teaching about the papacy in 666? And that Brother Felix Manalo used Ellen G. White's explanation, all of it, uh, the explanation about the prophecy in the sixth seal in the book of Revelation. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if that's, you know, um, if that's, if they both agree on it, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. However, th that's not the point of the question. Point of the question is, let's turn to scripture. And according to him, if the Adventist uses it, even if it's scripture, it's like you're not supposed to use that because the Adventists use it. You're not supposed to learn from that. But wait a minute. No. If it's scripture, it's scripture. It doesn't matter who uses it. It doesn't matter if the Catholic Church uses it, Jehovah's Witnesses. It doesn't matter. What matters is if it's scripture. If it's scripture, then use it because it's the word of God. You get it? Let's go back to his question. So, Kafelix Mamalo committed an error based on your assumption that is a blatant rejection of the messenger of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we rejecting Brother Felix Manalo as a messenger? No. But here's the thing. What kind of messenger is he? That's what we need to clarify. It depends on what kind of messenger you think he is. Because if, if he is a certain kind of messenger, then there's a possibility we reject that idea, okay? So we have to clarify what kind of messenger. What are, the, what are the different kinds of messengers in the Bible? Well, basically, there are two kinds, work of messengers. Okay, number one, they do the work of inspiration. Number two, they do the work of illumination. Well, what does that mean, brother? What does it mean, a messenger of God who does the work of inspiration? The book of 2 uh, Timothy 3, 16, 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Question, do you believe the Holy Scriptures is an errand? No mistakes. You believe that? I believe that, right? Well, how is it possible that the Holy Scriptures written by the hands of men is without mistake because of the inspiration of God? So there are messengers right, who cannot make mistakes or any errors because their work is the work of receiving what is in the mind of Yahuwah Abba and then transferring it onto paper. How is this done? Through the power of the Spirit. For example, the book of 2 Peter 1, 2021, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy 
spirit. And so who are examples of messengers whose work is inspiration? What does inspiration mean again? It means conveying the message from God directly from him. There's no middle place directly from him to you, just like the prophets, just like the apostles, when they were writing what? The Holy Scriptures. It is inspiration from God to you for the purpose of recording the message of Yahuwah Abba. That's, those are messengers of inspiration. Who are examples? Apostle John, right? Apostle Paul, right? Who else? Uh, the prophets who wrote the books, right? Moses is one. And so there are many examples of messengers who can be considered messengers of inspiration. As a matter of fact, the Holy Scriptures, did you know, was written over uh, by over 40 different people spanning a time of 1,500 years. Many people think there's, there's only one writer of the Holy Bible. No, there are many writers, 40 different writers. It took a span of 1,500 years. And not just one person, but many people. And so there are many messengers used by Yahuwah Abba through inspiration to put together his book, right? Apostle Paul, Apostle John. Question, Brother Felix Manalo, is he a messenger of inspiration? No, he did not write any of the Holy Bible. This is why when it comes to the work of Brother Felix Manalo, yes, he's messenger. But he's not messenger of the work depicted in number one, not for inspiration. Because he did not get direct revelation from Yahuwah to put in any kind of sacred work, okay? What is his work? Number two, it is of illumination. What does that mean? Explaining what has been given through inspiration. So we have what's given through inspiration. What's the work of illumination? To take what has been given via inspiration, the Bible, and then explains what the Bible says. And so the work of inspiration is creating the content of the Bible from Yahuwah Abba. Illumination is explaining the Bible of Yahuwah Abba. So in terms of the difference, who is the last messenger of inspiration? Who is it? Apostle John, right? Illumination or explaining what has been inspired by Yahuwah Abba in his book. That's the work of messengers after, after the Bible has been completed. You get the difference? And so what is their purpose? Corinthians uh, 1228. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, and so apostles and prophets. What work do they do? Inspiration or illumination? Both, right? They first, but they were instruments of inspiration and also illumination. However, teachers, they only do the work of illumination, not the work of inspiration. And so is it possible for Brother Felix Manalo to, to make an error? Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible because he's not doing the work of inspiration. He's doing the work of illumination, okay? Is it possible to make mistakes? Yes. What's the proof of that? What's the proof that it's possible for one sent by Yahuwah Abba to make mistakes, to make errors, even though they were sent as a mouthpiece for illumination. Let's read Revelation 14, the verses 8. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. So what we have here is a prophecy about an angel, right? He's called the second angel. There was a first angel, 
the second angel, the third angel, right? Do you remember this passage? What does angel refer to in this passage? A messenger, right? A messenger. What kind of messenger? Illumination, inspiration. Well, the first one was referring to who? Apostle Paul, right? So that's inspiration and illumination. The third angel is supposed to be Brother Felix Manalo. That's illumination. The second angel, who was that? Do you know who became the fulfillment of the second angel? According to YNC, who is that? Let's read from the worship service in 1999, preached January 24, 1999 in the lesson, what was God's next work of commissioning? It's work of commissioning, according to them, after the first century church of Christ. I mean, we're using this as an argument, not necessarily agreeing, okay? But what was God's next work of commissioning after the first century church of Christ? Revelation 14 and the verse is 18, right? We read that. It mentions the second angel. According to INC, uh, how was this fulfilled? The one who testifies that Babylon is fallen. Explanation. Remember, th this was written by Brother Irani Manal. The fulfillment of the prophecy regarding the second angel is Martin Luther. He was the one who initiated the Reformation movement, the Catholic Church in the 16th century. So what did he do? Martin Luther. According to history.com, in 1517, Luther penned a document attacking the Catholic Church's corrupt practices of selling indulgences to absolve sin. His 95 theses, which propound, uh, propounded two central beliefs, that the Bible is the central religious authority and that humans may reach salvation only by their faith and not by their deeds, was to spark the Protestant Reformation. And so was Luther a messenger of Yahuwah? Yeah. In what sense? Illumination. Do you notice that in the work of illumination, there are specific works these messengers are sent out to do? It's not the completed work. I mean, just think about this. In the work of inspiration, was there one man who knew everything about the Bible? No. It came piece by piece by piece. How long did it take? 1,500 years. Not just one person, because imagine if there was just one person who was in charge of writing the whole Bible, that person is going to be glorified as Lord, right? Yahuwah will not want a person to place uh, his faith or her faith in that person because that's what's going to happen. If this one person wrote the whole Bible, then the person is going to deify this person. That's just the nature of human beings. They're going to go to that person and elevate him, right? And so what did Yahuwah do? He spread it. Not one person, but many people to write the Bible. How about the work of illumination? Do you think he will illuminate everything, his work of restoration and explaining the Bible with just one man? No, he will use many instruments as well. Here's proof. We have the work of Martin Luther. Is he a messenger? Yes. Was he inspired by Yahuwah Abba? Yes, because it's in the Bible, right? And so in his inspiring preaching, what did he say? Well, the Bible is central religious authority indulgences cannot absolve sin however does it mean he is without error i mean if we accept that he is an angel or a messenger do we also accept that he has no error that he cannot make mistakes in this process of preaching what is your answer what did he also preach one of uh, martin luther's sermons one of his sermons it says this festival requires us 
to instruct the people in the dogma of the Holy Trinity and to strengthen both memory and faith concerning it. This is the reason why we take up the subject once more without proper instruction and a sound foundation in this regard. Other dogmas cannot be rightly and successfully treated. The other festivals of the year present the Lord God clothed in his works and miracles. For instance, on Christmas, we celebrate his incarnation. On Easter, his resurrection from the dead. On Whit Sunday, the gift of the Holy Spirit and the establishment of the Christian church. So here's Martin Luther, who preached against indulgences, who preached about the central authority of the Bible, because before that, uh, the, the belief was that they were propagating was the papacy had authority more than the Bible. What the papacy said is more authoritative than what the Bible says. And so Martin Luther came around and said, no, that's not true. The Bible is a sole authority, right? You go to the Bible. So we adhere to that. However, he did make mistakes. He made an error. For example, teaching about the Holy Trinity, teaching about Christmas, teaching about Easter. These are pagan, these are pagan festivals. And so it takes time for the process of restoration, just like it took time for the process of inspiration. Do you see that? It took 1,500 years to put the Bible together. Men were supposed to obey it, but they fell from their obedience. They fell to apostasy. So what is Yahuwah God doing? He's restoring it piece by piece. Here, Martin Luther gets a piece, right? The second angel. And who else gets a piece? Brother Felix Manalo. And so when he preached, he preached against the Trinity. That's good. He preached against it. But is it possible for him to make an error? Yes, it's possible for him to make an error. When we say that it's possible for him to make an error, are we rejecting Brother Felix Manala? No. But they say if we reject Brother Felix Manala or if we say he made an error, it's like we're rejecting him and Lord Yahusha, right? And then they equate him with Yahusha in John 6, 29. And here, this is where the problem is at. Well, brothers and sisters, the reason why there are many INC today who cannot accept who cannot accept uh, Sabbath is because they're in conflict with this. Because Brother Felix Manal never preached the Sabbath, right? And so if we are to believe in John 6, 29, that he is the fulfillment of that. In John 6, 29, when we read it, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him. And he said, this is what they cite again and again and again. Because what is the belief of the INC? Concerning John 6, 29. In April 2, uh, 2000, worship service lesson, again, preached. And uh, this was from Brother Erdi. In whom else should we believe? In whom else should we believe? We should believe in the one sent by God. John 6, 29, right? John 6, 29, which was the passage we just uh, read. We should have faith in the truth that Brother Felix Panala is the one commissioned by God as his messenger in these last day so they use john 6 29 and what is the application of john 6 29 to believe in who brother felix manalo do you see how it's used and so if you believe uh brother felix manalo is a messenger in the same level as yahusha then there's going to be a big problem that's going to be a big problem you're elevating the messenger in the same level as yahusha because john 6 29 does not refer to Brother Felix Manalo. It refers to who? Let's read the passage. Yahusha answered and said to them, this is the work of God. 
that you believe in him whom he sent. That's what it says. The passage is not about the work of sending messengers. No. The passage is certainly not about Brother Felix Manalo that we should believe in. No. This has nothing to do. Nothing to do with Brother Felix Manalo. And has everything to do with who? Yahusha. This is all about Yahusha. This is not about Brother Felix Manalo. But we have been taught again and again and again that John 6, 3, 6 29 pertains to Brother Felix Manalo. No. When Yahusha says, this is the work of God, okay, that you believe in him whom he sent, who was he referring to? Himself. What's the proof? Yahusha was referring to himself as the one sent, which is the work of God. The work of God is to send Yahusha. That's the work, the work of God, to send Yahusha, okay? And so when Yahusha is to be sent, we have, to, we have to believe him. What's the proof that the one referred to here as the one being sent is Yahushua? Let's read the verses 30 to 35. You read 29. Let's read 30 to 35. Uh, Therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? Referring to who? Yahushua. Not Brother Felix Manalo. Okay. This is not about him. I mean, we're not, you know, like uh, maligning or mocking Brother Felix Manalo. We are correcting the false ideology that Brother Felix Manalo is a messenger in the same level as Yahusha, or even in the same level as Apostle John. He's not, okay? He illuminates or teaches us from the Bible. He doesn't write the Bible. He illuminates us the teachings of uh, the Bible. Let's keep going. What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven weak. Then Yahusha said to them, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Yahusha said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. This is why Yahusha says, the work of God is to believe in Yahusha because ever since the beginning, what is Yahusha, what is Yahuwah Abba doing? He's pointing to this day, alluding to this day. This is why even Moses, when he provided manna, he said, Moses gave you manna, but you ate it and died. Well, my father gives you now living bread. What is that living bread? Yahusha says, I am that living bread. You see, the whole point is not about Brother Felix Fanala, it's about who? Yahusha. Not only is it about pointing to Yahusha as the living bread, what else did Yahusha tell us? John 6, 53, 57. Then Yahusha said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living father sent me, I live because of the father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. How much emphasis does the Bible tell us that Yahushua is the one referred to there as the work of God that we must believe in? The Bible even says Yahushua, Yahushua himself said, I am giving you flesh to eat and blood to drink. What is that referring to? He's referring to the work of salvation and everlasting life. 
that for us to obtain everlasting life, we have to accept the sacrifice of Yahusha. When he offered his flesh down the cross and his blood spilled for our atonement, we have to accept that by believing him and being baptized into him. Once we have that, then we can feed on him and we will live because of him. And so he's the only one we need. We don't believe the others. We only believe Yahusha. Just like what my dad said once, if salvation was a movie, right? Who is the star? Who's the star? Yahusha. Well, what have others done? They turned the uh, supporting cast into the level of the star. It doesn't work that way. In this case, who's the supporting cast? Apostle John, Apostle Peter, those who involved in the work of inspiration, right? A supporting cast. No, they are not even needed. It is just Yahushua that we need. Yahushua, right? We use the supporting cast to give, to serve as witnesses that indeed Yahushua is the one we need to turn to, but he's the only one we need. We don't need Peter or John. We don't need the, the last messenger. We just need Yahushua. Because he says, he who feeds on me will live because of me. And so we should not turn the supporting cast of the supporting cast into the superstar. That would be to go against the teaching of Yahusha. But of course, when Yahusha said this, what can we expect? The book of John 6, 61, 65. Then Yahusha knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. He said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Yahushua knew from the beginning who they were who do not believe and would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. And so can we expect everyone to believe that Yahusha is the one, the only one we need for salvation? We cannot expect that. Because even then when Yahusha said, I am the only one you need. When he said, eat my flesh and drink of my blood and depend on me for your salvation and everlasting life. When he said that, people got offended. They did not believe. And so even during that time, there were people who did not believe. How much more today? Today, what do people want? They want a leader here who will tell us what to do instead of focusing on Yahusha HaMashiach. This is why when we read John 6, 29, answer this question. Yahusha answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Who do you believe? This is the him referred to there. If you don't believe it's Yahusha, then this passage cannot lead you to salvation. Or you might say, well, I believe that refers to Yahusha. And the other messenger said, no, if that's what you believe, then you're equating these other messengers to Yahusha. No, he's the only one there. Only one, exclusively him, no one else. If you were to add anyone else there, then you are creating two masters. And what did Yahusha say about two masters? You cannot serve two. You got to choose one. It's Yahusha and no one else. This is why it's wrong to say John 6, 29 refers to Brother Felix Manalo. That's wrong because Brother Felix Manalo 
is not a messenger in charge of inspiration, but of illumination. But Yahusha is the messenger, right? Because he is above. He's the one who gives the inspiration. He's the one who gives the illumination. Why? Because he's the one who is in charge of revelation. And so through the revelation of Yahusha, Apostle John, who is a servant, what does he do? He writes the Bible, right? And those who are in illumination, what do they do? They explain what John wrote. But where did John get the material for what to write? The one who revealed it. Who is that? Yahusha. So Yahusha's way up there. Way up there. And Brother Felix Manalo is not in the same level. We are not mocking Brother Felix Manalo. We believe he is a messenger. But he is not a revealer. Yahusha is the one who reveals things. Because Yahuwah gave him authority to do so. This is why Yahushua says, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only one that we need. So are we rejecting uh, the Fel Brother Felix Manala? No, we are rejecting the false idea that he is the fulfillment of John 6, 29. That's wrong. That's what we reject. Because John 6, 29 refers to Yahushua HaMashiach. And so why do we believe then uh, that we should follow the Sabbath? Because Brother Felix never preached it. That's right. He never preached it. But even if he never preached it, we will follow. Because the Lord of the Sabbath told us to follow. Who are we going to obey? I mean, if we were given a choice, who are we going to obey? The one who reveals it? Or the one who is illuminating it? You choose first to obey the one who reveals it. Yahushua said, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. What did he mean by that? When he said he's Lord of the Sabbath, does it mean he's abolishing the Sabbath? No, because if you look at the context, 12, 1 to 2, uh, Yahu, uh, at that time, Yahushua went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. So his disciples were being accused by the Pharisees of being guilty of breaking what? The Sabbath, right? And so what did Yahushua do when the accusation was made? That both Yahushua and his disciples were breaking the Sabbath. And they, they were guilty of it. What did Yahushua do? Did he say, um, well, it doesn't really matter if they break the Sabbath because I'm the Lord over the Sabbath. I can do whatever I want. Is that what Yahushua said? 12, 3 down to 8. He answered, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law, but on the Sabbath, the priests in the, in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And so when his disciples were being accused of being guilty of breaking the Sabbath, what did Yahushua do? He defended his disciples. How so? He did it lawfully, according to the law of Moses. Notice he didn't break the law of Moses to defend his disciples. He used the law of Moses to defend his disciples. This is why he went to the time when David, after fighting and, were, and his army, when they were fighting war and they were famished and they needed to eat, they were permitted to eat it, right? Why? Because in the Torah, uh, preserving life takes precedence. You can, you can make an exception of a law concerning uh, the, the bread 
if it's going to preserve life, okay? It's always that been that way. This is why Yahushua said, you pay attention to the details of the law, but you don't pay attention to the weightier matters of the law. What is that? Mercy and kindness. And so when the opportunity to show mercy and kindness is there, then you can put aside some of the laws because mercy and kindness is what he wants, okay? What else did Yahushua say? Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? And so the priests, they did good work on the Sabbath. I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And so when Yahushua said he's Lord of the Sabbath, what is he doing? He's telling the people that the Sabbath is important and that the Sabbath must be obeyed, but it must be obeyed according to the teachings of Yahushua, not the Pharisees, but Yahushua, because the Lord of the Sabbath are not the Pharisees, but who? Yahushua. This is why in the Greek of when Yahushua says he's the Lord of the Sabbath, it mentions Sabbath. Greek word 4521, which means the Sabbath day. It could also mean week or Sabbath, but how will you know if it's the Sabbath day? Well, you look at if there is a definite article. In this case, it has a definite article. And so it's referring to not just Sabbath, but the Sabbath, the seventh day. And so Yahusha is telling us the seventh day is holy and that he's Lord of the, the Sabbath day, that he is the one to be followed concerning what should be done on the Sabbath day. So he is not abolishing the Sabbath day, but teaching us that we should observe the Sabbath day according to what he taught us. And what is permissible to do on the Sabbath day? To do good, to heal, to help your brethren. That's permissible in the Sabbath day. And so if this is Yahushua teaching us to uphold the Sabbath day, if Brother Felix Manalo did not teach it, I'm sorry. I'm going to follow my Lord. I'm going to follow Yahushua, who is the Lord of the Sabbath. And we should always follow Yahushua. Does it mean we're rejecting Brother Felix Manalo? No. We are thankful for the work that he has done, for bringing us to Yahushua. But always remember this. The work of our salvation has to be completed, right? We're thankful we have been brought to Yahushua. We understood who he is, why we need to be in him as the one new man. This was preached by Brother Felix Manalo. We need to be a part of the body to be a part of the one new man. We, need, we needed to know that. And so we believed it. And so we were brought to Yahushua. However, what must we do to complete and perfect our faith? Let's read Hebrews 12 too. Let us fix our eyes on Yahushua, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so what must we do? Now that we belong to our King Yahushua, Bible says, let us make sure that our faith becomes perfect. But how can our faith becomes perf become perfect? By fixing our eyes on who? Yahushua. And the problem which prevents many people from perfecting their faith is the fact that they are unable to fix their eyes on Yahushua. Instead of fixing their eyes on Yahushua, they fix it on a man here on earth. We're thankful to the people Yahuwah used as instruments to bring us into knowledge of Yahushua. But once we belong to Yahushua, 
brethren, we have to focus on him. And it all boils down to John 6, 29. Who do you believe? Who do you really believe? That one really pertains to. It is Yahusha. Fix our eyes on Yahusha. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. Unless we place our emphasis upon him, we will never achieve the perfecting of our faith. He's the one who endured the cross for us. Not Brother Felix Manalo, not Brother Irani Manalo, but Yahusha was the one who endured the cross. This whole work of salvation is about him. Fix our eyes on him, on Yahusha alone. That is what we need to do so that we can obtain life everlasting and salvation. There are many other questions that, were po that was posed there. We will address them in our future Bible studies. Okay, that is all. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, yes. most holy and gracious Yahuwah Allahim, thank you for giving us the gift of your son. Yes, we know that from the very beginning, yes. you had him in your thoughts. The Logos, yes. who from the days of old yes. was in your mind and in your heart. Yes. And so everything was planned through him and yes. for him. And so we believe that he is the one we must have faith in. Yes. That our faith can be perfected, that we can be ready for the great day of our salvation. Amen. Father, help us to be obedient to your will and plan. Yes. Help us to heed your commandments, yes. especially, Father, during times of persecution, yes. when people oppose what we believe in. Yes. Father, help us to stand our ground and to always fulfill the teachings. Amen. Yahusha HaMashiach, we belong yes. to you. We will always worship you yes. and we will be loyal to you. Amen. Truly, you used many instruments in the past yes. and we are thankful for them. We are thankful for the work of Brother Felix Manalo. Yes. We are thankful for the work of Brother Eranya Manalo yes. and the ministers who work diligently together with them, yes. even our brethren in the past who work side by side with them to bring us to a faith and understanding. Yes. But we know the true work of faith Yes. comes when we place our complete hope and trust only in you. And yes. so we fix our eyes upon you, loving Mashiach. Yes. If before people did not understand your place in salvation, yes. when before you were dismissed, not even turned to, yes. forgive us, loving Mashiach. Yes. We turn to you now. You are the one we must believe in. Yes. You are the one we love. You are the one we trust. Please help us to perfect our faith. Yes. To look to you always, no matter what happens in our Amen. life. Father, bless your people throughout the world. Yes. As we continue to expound your message of truth. Yes. Give us boldness in our preaching. Yet yes. help us to preach with love. Yes. That, Father, many shall be embraced by your truth. Yes. And receive also your promised everlasting life. Amen. We ask and beg everything loving Abba. Yes. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.